This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Jonathan Hansen. We're going to continue now with a message that you heard yesterday on The Prodigal. I spoke it on Omega Man Radio, as well as our warning television and radio programs. So let's continue with the message, the prodigal, where I left off yesterday. There can be no return without repentance. The son realized that his righteous lifestyle had led him to near starvation. Verse 16. In other words... He realized the error of his ways. He was heading in the wrong direction and needed to return to his home, to the promised land of his father. The return journey was a long one. And along the way, the son prepared a speech for his father. He was prepared to live as a servant. His heart had changed. He'd given up his pride and was prepared to repent, leaving behind his rebellion to return to his father, leaving behind his friends, leaving behind his lovers, all engaged in lust. Hired day laborers were outsiders who did not hold the same status as servants of the household. For the prodigal to resign himself to returning as a hired hand signified that he recognized his forfeiture of the right to live on the property. His social status would be significantly lower than it had been previously. But as a hired servant, he would be a free man with his own income. Able to barter and sell, free to pay debts living independently in the local village. His life would be that of a worker, but most importantly, as a hired servant, should he so desire, he would be able to pay back at least some of what he had lost, his inheritance, his father's money. Luke 15, 18 through 19. It shows you his heart of repentance. Now he cared about losing the wealth that his father had gained, but given away to his son who wanted his birthright. Clearly, as Jeremiah explains it, 
Quote, the son owed everything to the father. He should have been working to hold up the name of the father and repaying the father for all his marvelous gifts. But instead, the son became a rebel, prodigal, spent everything upon selfish, unrestrained living. His life was wrapped up in the pleasure and security of the world. But when his material resources were exhausted, he stood bare, empty, alone, and destitute. Everything he had based his life upon disappeared. Not only did he find himself cut off from his earthly father, but he was also estranged from his heavenly father. This is an awareness for repentance. Throughout his life, he had not trusted or honored his earthly or heavenly father with his life and goods. The prodigal lacked the confidence and spiritual strength to know that he could recover his own. Just destitute of all spiritual help in the world, all alone, having spent all, he repented before God and vowed to do the same with his earthly father. Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. Verse 18. Knowing of no recourse, he sought atonement for his actions. Repentance turns out to be the capacity to forego pride and accept graciousness. Bailey aptly reminds us the forsaking of the prodigal's pride then set the stage for his repentance. You know, if we don't forsake pride, there can be no repentance. Pride stands in the way. Pride stands in the way of all of God's blessings. Pride stands in the way of miracles. You could say everyone is a prodigal to some extent, where your pride gets in your way of God's best for you. If we wanted to find pride as rebellion, Oh, I would like to do that, but I'm too tired to go to service tonight. I guess you'll never see a lot of miracles because your pride gets in the way. Pride, your feelings, your emotions. I would say every man of God out there doesn't feel like many times preaching. Yet he preaches. We don't go by our feelings. The prodigal went by his feelings. His feelings, not God's feelings, not his parents' feelings, not his father's feelings. He went by his feelings. And so when we are really self-righteous, oh, they're prodigals in some way. So are many of you. Go by your feelings over God's feelings. Go by your feelings over the Spirit. Because our feelings always fight this, 
the spirit. Man's carnality fights the spirit of God. The spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. We know that. There's people that should be here, their flesh is weak, and they're not. Now, this is a live audience, if you wondered why I'm speaking this way. There should be some more people, but their flesh was weak tonight. The forsaking of the prodigal's pride then set the stage for his repentance. However, before giving all credit for repentance to the son, we must note with Professor Susan Eastman that, quote, economy of grace is perpetrated by the father's wisdom, forgiveness, reconciliation, and unaccountable generosity, unquote. Together, the stage was set for repentance and forgiveness that would change both a son and a father's world. What, it, what was she saying? Clearly, we come back to God because we know God is gracious and will forgive us. We have to have the same attitude to our children. They must know we will forgive them if they repent. Questions remain unanswered as to the specifics of the son's repentance. It doesn't go into too much detail in Luke 15. Still, the fact remains the son could never repay his debt. He couldn't do it. The son knew his father's character included grace. Surely his father would receive him home as a hired hand. Such behavior from a father seems to be spiritual and economic foolishness. See, that's what the other son thought. Foolishness, dad. Look what my brother did. Shows you that that brother did not have the heart of God. He was still trying to earn his way. Where grace is a gift from God. We should give grace to others. We should not make them have to earn it, so to speak. In other words, maybe we won't make them give back everything that we spent on them in their foolishness, but we'll forgive. Sure, re restoration can't be unless they repent. But in their rebellion, if they blew $50,000, doesn't mean you have to make them pay it back. I think that you need to go to the Lord about. The son knew his father's character included grace. Surely his father would receive him home as a hired hand. The parable describes with touching simplicity what God is like. And in turn, what parents should be like. Filled with God's goodness, God's grace, his boundless mercy, his abounding love. Although there is not a direct equation of the father with God, the heart and heart, an attitude of the Father are meant to depict those of God. The prodigal son 
The father of the prodigal son had the heart of God. In chapter 15 of the book of Luke, it shows that. This is what God's heart is. And God expects parents to have that type of heart. Whether the younger son and Jesus' parable was meant to represent the prodigal Israel or any prodigal who wanders from the family and faith, parents reflect a picture of God for their children when they rejoice over the return of the loss or the welcome the community to a feast. In every case, the individual and in turn the soul must first perceive its mistakes and then repent. Repentance is the essential first step back to the father's house. Repentance. The prodigal understands the enormity of his crime. He had sinned against heaven and his father. Verse 18. He recognized that his sinful, foolish actions had cost him his claim of sonship. The best he could hope for was to become a household servant. The prodigal returns with a clear, precise knowledge of repentance. His spiritual upbringing and personal time alone with God gave him a new, clearer understanding of repentance. You know, the Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he grows old, he will not depart. This young man had been trained properly. Sure, he had free choice and he rebelled. But he also understood the character of God and that his father had that character. Three things primarily stand out if we hope to master repentance. First, prodigals who seek to repent must realize that their actions, attitudes, character, and perhaps pride stand between them and restored fellowship with God the Father in heaven. Prodigals are responsible for their own fate. Whether they choose the path of repentance or the broad highway of continued sin. Prodigals are responsible for their own fate. Second, prodigals must not only realize that their predicaments are self-caused, but also their only hope lies in the merciful, gracious nature of God himself. You know, today people like to blame their parents. You, you get people 50, 60 still blaming their parents. This is utter nonsense. Where don't you get it? You have free choice to accept the ways of God and be healed or not. Quit blaming your parents. You know, God's not going to accept it. God is not going to accept you blaming your parents. He's going to blame you for not coming under the mercy and grace provided in the Bible to have your life changed, to have your issues dealt with. You're not going to be able to blame your parents. Sin resulted in the loss of sonship. 
God is under no obligation to receive the sinner back into fellowship. This realization should bring the prodigal to an attitude of humility, for there can be no true repentance without humility. Third, repentance comes before restoration. The father would not have restored his son without repentance. He had already forgiven, evidenced by the father's running to greet his returning son. Verse 20, the father always responded with love, but repentance was necessary for restoration. The son responded with the words, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. Verse 18. Scripture clearly demonstrates that there must always be forgiveness. Colossians 3.13, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Like God the Father, when Parents of the prodigal hear those words, Father, I have sinned against you and sinned against heaven. There can be no other response but forgiveness and restoration. The liberal bias and secularized education and moral training is another external influence that challenges Christianity and Christian parents as they try to help their children develop godly moral values. In school today, children are taught that a normal family does not exist, that some children have two dads or two moms, and that sex outside of marriage is an acceptable choice. Christian moral training, once a part of training in the schools, has now been deleted in an attempt to separate the institutions of church and state. Because of technological advances, highly specialized public and private education systems and rapidly changing source, social values, a distinct rebellious youth subculture has emerged. American youth institutions, fashion, language, and methods of communication characterizes subculture. A subculture, by definition, excludes outsiders. Teens view parents as outsiders. This trend begins during middle school, and escalates through high school. Premarital sex, alcohol consumption, and experimentation with illicit drugs are views and viewed as rites of passage in this youth subculture. The effect upon society is significant. Nearly one million girls under the age of 20 become pregnant every year. That means that each day, almost 2,800 teens get pregnant. Approximately 4 in 10 young women in the United States become pregnant at least once before turning 20 years old. Studies from both the Gallup Youth Survey and the Leadership to Keep Children Alcohol-Free Foundation indicate that more than 40% of kids who start drinking before the age of 13 will abuse alcohol later in life. The challenge of fighting these trends is difficult, but necessary. Parents must be aware and proactive in the battle that rages for the hearts and lives of teenagers. Children are educated within a culture of rebellion apart from parents by educators who may not support the same spiritual and moral values. In the shadow of these educational trends, Christian parents are finding it 
harder than ever to pass on biblical morals and spiritual lessons to their children. To mothers and fathers of prodigals who are young or adults, yes, it is important to raise our children as the Bible warns us in the ways of God, as well as being proper role models, examples to them. Yet, even the best parents have prodigals, as Jesus had Judas. Adam and Eve raised Abel, who pleased God, but they also raised Cain, the first murderer. Think about that. The best parents raised Abel, who pleased God, did it God's way. They raised Cain, who was a murderer. I think they raised him the same. What's the difference? Free choice. Free will. Not parenting. Dr. Lon W. Flippo explains this on page 120 in his book. The fact is that some children of addicts or alcoholics do grow up to be responsible members of society. Why some children of godly parents make sinful choices and turn their backs on God. You can have the worst parents that grow up to have the best adults with morality, turn into evangelists, pastors, teachers, apostles, prophets. The worst parents, mafia, hitmen, drug addicts. But their children turn out to be the best members of society. Then you can have the best parents who their children turn out to be drug addicts, alcoholics, or murderers, fornicators, adulterers. The free will of a person is what decides their fate, whether they use their free will to serve God or not. If we choose to serve God, we honor and listen to our godly parents who can, who can provide for us a wall of protection, wisdom, advice, and blessing over us. If you're a prodigal, repent now. Come under the grace, mercy, and forgiveness of God and be blessed. It's never too late to be forgiven and restored. If you're watching right now or listening, it's never too late to be forgiven and restored. It's never too late. Some of you might be at the end of your line. Some of you might be contemplating suicide. Some of you are, might be contemplating shooting up with heroin. It's never too late. You have free choice. You can stop it right now. Right now. Right now you can make a decision for eternity. Make that decision right now to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And then go back to your parents. Ask them to forgive you. Father God, help these people right now to make the decision to come out of their lifestyle of sin, of debauchery, of drug addiction, of alcoholism. That person that's ready to commit suicide, Father God, stop it in Jesus' name. Accept Christ right now. 
a new life is waiting for you. Right now, the choice to have eternal life, to have freedom, to have blessing, to have prosperity, right now, accept Christ. My phone number is 360-629-5248. 360-629-5248. If you want to telephone, if you want to write to me, World Ministries International, P.O. Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. P.O. Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. Just put it on your envelope, WMI, P.O. Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. My website, www.worldministries.org, www.worldministries.org. And may God richly, richly bless you. Shannon. Praise the Lord. Powerful teaching tonight. Time of with uh, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I want to thank all of you for tuning in. And I want to thank you, Dr. Hansen, for letting us be part of this. And I hope that people will go to worldministries.org and support this man of God, his ministry. We'll see you next time, Dr. Hansen. God bless you, Shannon. Thank you, sir. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.